Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome, friends, to another r/slash malicious compliance video. If you're not a malicious soul, help out by hitting the like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Trojan Horse 6934. All nonconformances shall be written up. Longtime aerospace engineer here. Worked at most of the rocket launching companies at one point or another. One that shall remain nameless is involved in this story. My crew was stacking the satellite onto the booster adapter in the clean room. One of the most critical events. Dozens of customers and launch vehicle team involved. My butt hat manager that was never in the room during these ops made a big stink the morning that all nonconformances shall be documented. We had been having this argument for a while, and this was his flex. At the time, nonconformances were done online and involved digital sign offs from some engineers that might be thousands of miles away in a different time zone could take a day or two sometimes. As the lead of the whole show, I argued that some common sense should be applied and I be allowed to show my engineering judgment. It's not my first rodeo. That's why I have the job, right? Nope. Fast forward a few hours and we're in the middle of this whole thing, satellite full of super hazardous fuel, hanging on the crane, halfway attached to the booster. One of my technicians notes that a small piece two inches long of aluminum tape is blocking a tiny screw hole that he needs to access. Normally I'd say, peel it off, clean the area, apply a new piece of tape one quarter of an inch over where it should have been, and let's continue. A two minute delay at most. The system was a non-flight critical ground handing device that was to be removed in the next few days anyway. Enter malicious compliance. I call a halt. Loudly announce, we have a non-conformance and cannot proceed until resolved. This is very rare to do it this time. The customer freaks out and asks me what the freak is going on. We are stuck. Can't finish. Can't go back to the stand. Stuck on the hook with hundreds of gallons of hypergoals above us. Area has to remain on lockdown until resolved. I write the non-conformance and start the process. Manager blows up my phone. What's the problem? I reply, a piece of non-flight tape is in the way. He loses his stuff, calls a giant meeting with all the brass. All the VPs and such show up since they heard issues during spacecraft mate. Then I explain it's a piece of tape and the uproar starts. Really? That's it? Making us look like idiots? Why would you do that? Boss told me to. Boom. Mic drop. I got my common sense shot calling privileges reinstated. If you were a veteran in a job you've been doing for a while and you knew you had what it takes to call the shots when necessary, but you had some boss or some manager talking down to you, trying to babysit or micromanage you, would you give in to their demands and show them how ridiculous it is that they're asking you to do all of this formal stuff when you know you can do it very well on your own? Or do you think it's just part of the process, especially in the aerospace industry? Let me know what you think in the comments down below. Our next story is by Snake Peterman. You want the product shipped next day air no matter the cost? Roger that. I work in wholesale distribution of building materials. I don't sell to the public. I only sell to established accounts. This is both a blessing and a curse. 
On one hand, most of my customers are great people, we get along very well, occasionally even meet up outside of work with some I've known 15 plus years. There is a minority that can be annoying. Some only use me as a last resort, which is okay, I understand I'm not everyone's first call, but they treat me like dirt because they're usually frustrated they can't get said part from their preferred channels. Most of the time, they've tried 3-5 to other sources and if they don't have X item, Chances are slim I'll have pallets of it lying around anyway. One such character that only uses me as a last resort is Mike. Mike is routinely in a bad mood because he's been told, sorry we don't have that, at least a few times before calling me. He often gets irate when I don't have whatever uncommon part he needs ASAP sitting on the shelf waiting for him. One day Mike calls and this is how it goes. Hello, OP here. How can I help? OP, I need to get four replacement trim pieces for this part. The freaking contractor ordered it in the wrong finish. The contractor ordered it in the standard finish. This guy needed it in an obscure finish, of course. And I need four of them yesterday. Please tell me you have them on the shelf. While I'm looking up the availability, he starts going on about how this is one of the most expensive projects he's worked on, and they have buckets of money, blah blah blah. At this point, I miraculously find the part in stock in my company, and I tell him, it's probably a good thing they have buckets of money because this part's going to cost you, especially if you need four of them tomorrow. I do have these available, but they'll have to ship from the other side of the country. OP, I need these parts. Please just send them over for next day air delivery. I don't care. I say, Mike, let me at least get you a freight estimate. Shipping's gotten very expensive during the pandemic, and I don't like shipping something without you knowing a ballpark estimate. They say, OP, I told you I don't care what it costs. Get the parts on the way. I say, okay, Mike, I'll get them shipped today. Sure. Let me let you go because it's 3 p.m. and I need to get on the phone with that warehouse so they can force the order to print right away. So I order the parts just as Mike asked. These parts were four pieces. Ground shipping would have been four or five days and probably $25 each. Next day, air, $386 each. They weigh a decent amount, which makes anything going by air cost multitudes more. Shipping ended up costing almost as much as the product. I didn't hear from Mike for a few days. The product arrived as requested. He finished the job and got the contractor out of hot water. He didn't have time to wait on his bill to arrive in the mail, so he called me for the freight cost. OP, how much was the freight for that stuff last week? I say, let me pull it up. Looks like it ran $1,544, plus the cost of the product at $2,230. He says, you're freaking with me, right? I say, no, sir. Overnight air shipping from across the country is very expensive. Can show you the bill from UPS if you'd like. Mike says, I told the contractor it would probably run $400. Jesus Christ, OP. I could have waited a day or two if I knew it was that much, blah, blah, blah. I had to cut him off mid-rant. Mike. I specifically asked you if you wanted an estimate, you declined. I don't know how else you could reasonably expect me to do. He pretty much mumbled some more choice words and got off the phone. Interestingly enough, he did start calling me a bit more after that, but he makes sure to note the pricing a bit more closely. All I know is if somebody's doing some kind of service that involves shipping and they say, hold on, you're going to want to find out an estimate before you pay for this, I'd probably be wanting to stay on the phone and get that estimate because that definitely would be a big siren going off for me. Our next story is by Fuzzy Rugby. Sure, I'll take the new employee training again. 
Work a second job at an Amazon sort center. I quit on October 28th due to needing to do a COVID quarantine and HR not answering on putting me on a leave plan. If you go into negative leave time, Amazon cans you and you can't apply again until at least 90 days. Amazon's easy money for me and I use it as an additional workout, throwing multiple thousands of packages in a 3-5 to five hour shift. You see why I wanted to keep the job for easy money. I applied back on October 29th and was technically starting back last night. I was offered a shift last Friday night and Sunday afternoon with an extra $3 an hour and took it. Worked 8 hours and then went back in last night at 8.30pm for my first shift back. Learning told me I had to take the 9 hours of new hire education split between last night and tonight. All the staff know me and I'm literally getting paid to do nothing. I love using their loopholes against them. I also need to mention, I'm also getting their $3,000 signing bonus. You know, for a company that is working so hard to minimize any cost possible, it's kind of funny to see them just be so overlooking and wasteful in this situation. But I guess that kind of happens when you're such a mega company that things just slip by without people noticing or calling it out. Our next story is by Diligent Cockroach 700. I demand to see the manager. In the early 90s, I was made redundant from a large telecom company with a very generous payout. This allowed my wife and I to buy a florist shop. She was a trained florist which has staff, including a manager. I got another job in IT, but used to help out in the shop on Saturdays, as I enjoyed the work. One Saturday afternoon, just before closing time, an irate man came in complaining his flowers had been delivered late for his wife's birthday. I was the only one in the shop. The other two staff were busy out the back, cleaning up and getting ready to close. I found the order, and it had a note on it saying, Deliver after 10am. It had been delivered at 11.10. I told him that it was quite reasonable that we had delivered it then, as it was after 10 and no other stipulation had been made, so I felt his complaint was unjustified. He got quite aggressive and demanded to see the manager, so, grinning to myself, I went out the back and got her, staying out back myself to assist with clearing up. I could hear the guy trying to demand a refund. My manager told him it would have to be authorized by the owner. His face was a picture. When she called me, and I came back out. It would be great if OP came back out and was like, Have we met? Hi, I'm the owner. I'd love to see if this guy just continues on demanding a refund, or if they turn into like a bumbling fool. This next story is by Sheik Your Booty, running out the clock. Back in my call center days, I worked the closing shift and was the only person who was authorized to take calls that were to be escalated to a supervisor. Per the client contract, we could not transfer any calls after the end of the day, 9pm. We could answer the calls that were queued prior to then, but no escalations or transfers could be made after it. One evening, an agent receives a call from a dissatisfied customer who needed assistance installing the suite of applications we support. The application suite had about 7 or 8 apps bundled in it and could take up to an hour to install. The support techs were instructed that they could not stay on the phone for the full install and once the installer got to a specific step, copying the files to the hard drive, they were to let the customer go with the advice to call back if any other errors occurred. This customer wanted the agent to stay on the line during the full install, and when the agent said they had to let them go, the customer wanted a supervisor. The escalated call came to me at 8.50pm. In preparation for the call, I flagged a different agent to get ready for a possible transfer so he could stay on the phone and assist the caller. I didn't like to have to do it because I wasn't authorized to leave until the queue was empty. 
and all agents finished their calls. With everything prepared, I had the caller transferred to me and tried to explain that our standard procedure was to let the user go when we start the install process, but I could transfer her to a different agent with instructions to stay on the phone for the whole install. Hearing this, I was subjected to a non-stop circular tirade about the poor service the caller received how user-unfriendly our products were, and questioning the training and education of all the techs, including myself. I tried interjecting whenever she paused in the conversation, but the caller would cut me off and resume ranting. Finally, she seemed to run out of steam and asked to be transferred to another agent. It was now 9.02. I had the displeasure of telling the caller that because our phone queues automatically close at 9pm, the end of our service day, I was unable to transfer her to another agent and she would have to call back first thing tomorrow morning. This of course set her off anew, and I listened sympathetically as I could for the next 15 minutes before finally giving her the number to our corporate office. Honestly, working in a call center, I can imagine your time a lot of days is like, you got one customer chatting in your ear going off about something, and you glance up at the clock and you're like, just 15 more minutes, I gotta survive just 15 more minutes and I can get out of here. Honestly, I'd probably try to devise ways where I could sympathetically upset them enough to get them hanging up on me. I don't know how, but I'd probably figure it out if I had to deal with people like that for 8 hours a day. And our final story of the day is by XMintyX. Legal action if I don't delete my files? Okay then. I had a decent job, pay was weak, but it was easy, and my team was really good with me. Then COVID happened, and my manager colleagues lost sight that being a manager is a duty to serve your team, and not a right to be power hungry. They'd post and chat cruel or nasty things about team members and fuel gossip. After witnessing this, I decided I want out, and gave my manager the heads up I was leaving, and then went on my leave. I was told that no job could accommodate my needs. I tried to swing my hours and stay working from home and should be lucky to find better. This didn't go down well, and they slowly dissolved my department and made my team's life heck. I took a photo of the instant messenger and sent it to a colleague to whistleblow. Despite nothing to say the group IM was confidential, I got served with a cease, desist, and delete or legal action. Now, during COVID, I made many, many reports to make working from home a doddle. This was many Excel slash Google Sheets docs that fed into one another and access to policies, all that shebang, things that people need on the fly. These were being used on the daily many times by multiple people. Well, okay, you want me to delete all the documents from home and my personal accounts? Not a problem. The next day, I had people asking where the reports had gone. I just watched it all unfold. The kicker, I found a job that gave me all I asked for and a pay increase. Lovely. From my experience, if you know you're good enough and you can do your job well, and your manager or your hirer or anybody, if they say, you'll never get what you're looking for out there, you'll never find another job better than this one, that's almost always just going to be a scare tactic to try to keep you right there in that job, and probably an attempt to get you to shut up and just be worker drone and do as they say. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.